Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. If I had to venture a guess, I would assume that really just about everyone listening to this podcast has at some point had their evening interrupted by a phone call from a solicitor of, of some sort over the years. Now, a lot of people today have added their number to a national do not call registry, but even that doesn't eliminate all calls. What you might not be aware of is that the same law that structured the phone call guidelines also covers the use of faxes for solicitation, and, and that's part of the topic we're going to discuss today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and joining me for our conversation today is Attorney Lance Siebel of Lavelle Law. Lance is an associate at the firm. He's been a very frequent and very welcome contributor to this podcast series over the years, and I'm uh, looking forward to talking about this topic today. So good afternoon, Lance. Thanks for being here today. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Jim? Good. All good. And I you know, I always love it when these these new topics come up, things that I hadn't seen or considered or known about over the years. So we're, we're going to talk about um, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, specifically faxes. But let's let's get some background first of all. And if I recall, was it like the early 90s when when consumers first received some relief from ongoing telemarketing calls through this new law? It was. They started the um, <clears throat> Telephone Consumer Protection Act in 1991. Um, obviously they've amended it and added regulations and things of that nature to it over time. Um, one of those amendments came in 2005 with what was called the Junk Fax Prevention Act of 2005. Hmm, okay. Well, let's, um, let, first of all, when we go back to the 91 Act, um, you know, what exactly was that designed to do? What was it supposed to protect consumers from? Just, um, random phone calls or how was it structured it was meant more to protect them from your telemarketing calls more than anything else mm-hmm. and um you know making sure those were within certain time frames and they could and could not do certain things um you know after that obviously you had the do not call registry so it was really more of a setup to protect uh, if you think about it in a traditional sense more of an individual con- person you know sitting at home eating mm-hmm. dinner that kind of person mm-hmm now, I, I noticed, you know, it seems to me at my office I get a lot more, unfortunately, a lot more um, solicitation calls than I get calls for business these days. They seem to have found my business number. Does does the Act cover business numbers, or is it truly just for residential consumers? It can in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's let's focus on, on what you had mentioned a few minutes ago, which is the, the amendment that took place in, in 2005, because I'd never considered... Um, that piece of it, never been aware of it. So tell us what took place then. Well, if you want to look at the Telephone Consumer Protection Act as more of a act directed at an individual, the Junk Facts Act was more directed towards businesses who were, you know, getting a lot of incoming random fax solicitations. And so um, Congress, in their infinite wisdom, sought to restrict that as well so that companies weren't getting tons of unrestricted faxes. And do you, do you have any information? You know, again, I, um, you know, I get phone calls, but, but was there some 
uh, level of activity that had, had been reached where, where this was becoming a, a pretty predominant tactic for telemarketers to use faxes? It was, and I think the kind of what you ended up seeing was much like um, telephones had, you know, companies that just had, there were just companies that existed to make outbound telemarketing calls. Companies mm-hmm. came around that basically did the same thing with faxes. Um, you know, they basically would get a list of a thousand companies or whatever um, on behalf of a soliciting company, and they would just blast, you know, thousands of faxes. Mm. And so when the 2005 amendment went into place, what what were the specifics? It just simply prevented uh, that same type of behavior, or were there certain standards that were set? Well, there's a lot of legalese, as you can imagine, that goes along with it. But basically what they were trying to prevent was what they called an unsolicited advertisement, um, which they defined as you know any material that kind of advertised the commercial availability of a good and service. Um, so you know, home improvement guy couldn't blast fax a thousand faxes out um, to other businesses, things like that. Um, that was what they really tried to cut down. They attached some penalties to it, as the government loves to do. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the relief that you can get is. Um, you can get injunctive relief, meaning the court could come in and say, hey, you got to stop doing this. Um, but the more practical money side of it was you basically, a person that sent out faxes could be basically charged $500 per fax. That could be tripled to $1,500 if there was what's called a willful violation found. So it kind of created this cottage industry of class action lawsuits where you know, one person would get a fax, and then they'd start going after the company that sent it, and then find out where they sent faxes. And you know, if you if you take a thousand faxes and multiply that times uh-huh. fifteen hundred, you know, fifteen hundred dollars a pop, that's a pretty steep damage award for you know any company. And there have been some pretty yeah. big awards in this judicial district. Uh, interesting, interesting topic. We're talking to Lance Zebel of Lavelle Law uh, on the podcast today. Uh, Lance, uh, a graduate of DePaul University School of Law, and um, has developed a, a very extensive practice around litigation and, and things like construction law, employment law, and other areas. And um, speaking of litigation, Lance just published another article in his uh, series uh, that's titled "It's Debatable." Uh, uh, with attorney Heidi Kuffel, in which they debate key legal topics in a, in a particular series of articles. The most recent version focused on litigation versus arbitration. Uh, I always enjoy reading them. You can find them posted at lavellelaw.com, uh, along with other articles that uh, Lance has written in the past. Uh, and he and I are going to be heading into the uh, video studio shortly to produce a short video. That's going to find its way over to lavellelaw.com, so, so keep an eye out for that. So uh, uh, a lot of activity and a lot of information available from Lance. Uh, Lance, you talked about the um, the penalties and the things that um, telemarketers, uh, for lack of a better term, with these faxes would incur. Um, you mentioned in the definition the sale of goods and services. Is Is it truly... Um, marketing, advertising-type calls and faxes are prohibited. I mean, what about charitable and other organizations that also like to reach out via the phone? If you're talking about strictly faxes, um, it's Mm -hmm. more directed at the um, not charity, to put it that way, more directed at your commercial-type person. And, and, you know, the term unsolicited advertisement is not restricted merely to – 
faxes. I mean, that's a general mm-hmm. definition that's used throughout the act. So, you know, it doesn't just apply to faxes. You, know, you can't have people just randomly calling you up to offer services, although granted it does happen all the time because there are exceptions. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's typical. Yeah, that's the way a lot of these uh, laws work, it seems like. it's uh, There's sort of a blanket statement, but as you said, exceptions all around. Um, I also wanted to ask you, you mentioned, you know, if someone were to receive one of these faxes, um, you know, they could they could file a complaint and, and start a, um, you know, process of uh, perhaps, you know, getting some retribution for that. Is Is there any monitoring that goes on of this, or is it truly only driven by response to complaints? Theoretically, it's monitored by the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, but to be honest with you, it's not. You know, there's certain reports and statistics that they're supposed to put together. I'm sure they do. Now, how accurate those are, that's obviously open to interpretation. Um, but theoretically, it's monitored. But mostly, it's just kind of a, you know, you kind of protect yourself type deal. Okay. And so the, the FTC, so I was wondering if maybe the FCC was involved in this since it's it's on the communication side, but it falls under the FTC guideline or uh, requirements. They both have some jurisdiction, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what about a business um, who, you know, wants to advertise, wants to try and do some of these things, reach out to potential customers? Can they use fax messages and still be on the right side of the law? Is there like an opt-in process that they can use with customers? They can, and here's where it gets interesting. So the first thing that's banned are unsolicited advertisements. Well, if somebody actually tells you to send them a fax, um, is that unsolicited? Probably not, which mm-hmm. leads into the exemption. The exemption is what's called the established business relationship. And under this exemption, if you obtain the person's fax number either from them or from like a website or you basically get it in any fair, let's call it fair means, um, mm-hmm. you can send them a fax with an additional caveat that you have to have an opt-out in the fax. So basically every fax you send has to say, you know, you can opt out of this, you have to call this number or fax this number, and then you won't get sort of like the do not call list. It's an opt-out for faxes. Um, you know, the, the trick there is, there's a legal question as to whether if somebody actually solicits a fax, whether there has to be an opt-out on there. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting. But, you know, the main thing is, okay, if you want to fax to somebody, you can, as long as you put the opt-out on there and you acquire their fax number, either from them, from a business card, from a website, um, in some way that shows that there's been some interaction between the parties. So let me give you a good example. Um Somebody wants to solicit Lavelle Law. We have our fax number on our website. They send us a fax. They can do that. Um, Mm -hmm. However, if they fax us, they have to put the opt-out in there. It says, hey, if you don't want to get faxes from us, you can call us, fax us, whatever the case may be. That's the way you stay on the good side of the law on that. Okay. Now, with the ability or the means of getting that fax number from, from the potential customer, uh, I know there's you know plenty of, of restaurants and and other uh, retail type businesses that take orders via fax. So whether I'm ordering you know catering for lunch for a group tomorrow or 
uh, ordering some paper supplies for my office, and I just send my order via fax. They now have my name and number and fax number. Does that allow me to be put on their list until I opt yeah. out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's I, kind of really the classic established business yeah. relationship. <laughs> yeah. So you venture into that territory as a consumer. You you enter into the world of facts. You're you're kind of opening yourself up to this then until you until you find your way back out. Until you opt out, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, obviously, there's there's plenty you know more we could talk about in terms of other. Uh, types of communication and media and, and email and all those things, and maybe we can do that on another conversation, but uh, certainly was informative today. Anything else we should know about this law, whether it's you know going back to the 91 version or amendments subsequent to that in terms of you know trying, again, to, to be aggressive in marketing but still staying on the right side of the law? No, you know, it's just kind of an interesting uh, outlier. I mean, I just recently had a case about it, so that's how it came up for me. Um, but, it, you know, with the world kind of moving to email, I don't know how common this is going to be anymore. It's still out there. People still fax. Um, so really just, the you know, the, the advice is, you know, make sure you get the person's fax number through some sort of legitimate means from them, business card, website, whatever. Um, and then make sure you have the opt-out in there because really the opt-out is kind of the key piece of the whole thing. Um, if you get the number somewhere, um, it's just critical that you have the opt-out in there so the person has a way to get out of getting faxes in the future. Great. Well, uh, really interesting update today. And, Lance, I want to thank you for, for being here. I always appreciate you when you take the time. Um, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. We'll let Lance go ahead and get back to work today as we wrap things up. Um, very interesting primer on faxes and the Telephone Consumers Protection Act from Laval Law Attorney Lance Siebel today. Um, so I encourage you to visit LavelleLaw.com, get more information on Lance's background and his practice. And to follow up, you can also call Lance at 847-705-7555. And stay current on a wide range of legal topics. Um, you can always uh, come back here, Chicago's Legal Latte. We're around each week on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at the archives at LavelleLaw.com. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.